Hello everyone, Happy New Year and welcome to episode 23 of EV Brief, your weekly podcast for electric vehicle and sustainable transport news from Australia and around the world. I'm your host Jonathan McFeet and on today's show we'll talk Tesla and the company's Chinese factory has delivered its first cars to customers 11 months after construction on the facility started. Tesla also announced record deliveries for Q4 and the full year of 2019 and also switched on their Trans-Canada Supercharger network just before Christmas. Also on today's show, Chinese automaker NIO has unveiled their third electric vehicle, the EC6 crossover, and the company also beat profit and earnings expectations in quarter 3 2019, leading to a surge in their share price. In news from the Volkswagen Group, VW's ID3 has massive software issues ahead of its 2020 market introduction, and Audi has outlined a 12 billion euro EV R&D budget for 2020 to 2024. BMW has also announced additional funding for its Dingolfing-based EV plant, with 400 million euro to be invested, and the company has released further information on its future EV plans, including the iX3 SUV. Rivian secured $1.5 billion US in funding on Christmas Eve, their third capital raise of 2019 as they look to begin production in 2020-2021. In battery tech, we'll look at lithium recycling as well as a story on the climate impacts of battery production and whether EV batteries are in fact getting cleaner. And finally, on renewables, Spanish company Iberthola has announced plans to spend 500 million Australian dollars on renewables in the Australian state of South Australia with plans for a 210 megawatt wind farm. All this and more coming up on episode 23 of EV Brief. Let's get into the show. Now the big news this week is around Tesla's Gigafactory 3 opening in China and the first deliveries of the made in China Tesla Model 3s. Remarkably, this facility has commenced deliveries only 357 days after construction on the site began. Tesla China delivered 15 Model 3s to employees just before the new year, and there was even a marriage proposal between two employees involving a Tesla filled with roses. Xinhua News Agency reports that the facility can produce 280 cars per day, with Tesla expected to double that capacity by mid-2020. It has a designed maximum capacity of 500,000 units. For perspective, it's important to realise the significance of Tesla's achievement here, especially from a business perspective. This is the first foreign-owned auto manufacturing project in China since the government lifted restrictions on foreign investment in the auto industry. Tesla currently sources around 30% of parts locally for the Gigafactory 3, but it's expected to eventually source close to 70% of parts from China, leading to efficiencies and cost reductions around production. According to Tesla, Model 3's rolling off this new uh, generation production line will be around 50% cheaper per unit of capacity than the US Gigafactories. Although there is some scepticism that Tesla can truly be profitable in China in the face of a softening economy and slow domestic EV market, Tesla has already announced a price cut to the Model 3 from 355,800 yuan to 299,050 yuan or around 43,000 US dollars. This prices the Model 3 below the Mercedes C-Class and BMW 3 Series competitors in China. 2019 final figures are out and Tesla surpassed Porsche and Jaguar in annual production figures for the first time, pumping out approximately 367,500 units. Tesla delivered a record 112,000 vehicles globally in Q4 2019, beating Wall Street estimates and also smashing the Model 3 quarterly record 
With 92,550 Model 3s delivered, 16% up from 79,600 vehicles delivered in Q3 2019. Tesla's share price pushed up a further 3% at the close of Friday's market to a record $443.01 US dollars per share and a market capitalization of around 74 billion US dollars. It seems like the growth of the business and good cash position is really driving the share price at the moment. Many are expecting Tesla to post a similar profit to that of Q3 2019. I believe the difficult times are behind the company now with record high deliveries and good profits. Tesla has now demonstrated that it can generate cash flow while scaling production and reducing debt exposure. 2019 saw a year of efficiency gains in terms of production with improved capital expenditure per unit of production numbers and an increase in gross margin through software advances such as an increase in full self-driving costs, paid premium connectivity and the recent in-app paid performance boost that was made available. 2019 was very capex intensive, with billions invested in Gigafactory 3 with no real benefit to the bottom line. With the Chinese factory picking up steam from this month, Q1 2020 should be strong for Tesla and this new factory will begin to pay dividends. We then have the Model Y launch sometime this year and construction of the Gigafactory 4 in Germany to look forward to. On this basis, some analysts are projecting 2020 numbers of close to 600,000 vehicles. A big challenge, but certainly possible with three production facilities, Model Y deliveries and the size of the Chinese market. Sales from BMW, Mercedes and Audi in China total close to 2 million vehicles annually. And if Tesla can take some of that market share, the company's growth will be unprecedented. Staying with Tesla now and the new Trans-Canada Supercharger network went online just before Christmas in time for the holiday season, expanding the total worldwide supercharger network to over 15,000 chargers at 1,716 locations. The majority of Tesla's new infrastructure features the V3 250kW chargers in groups of 6 to 8, strategically located along the Trans-Canada Highway, allowing Tesla owners to travel between Vancouver and Halifax, Nova Scotia with zero range anxiety. Chinese automaker NIO has unveiled its third product offering, the EC6 crossover. The EC6 appears to have similar proportions to Tesla's Model Y, and in my view looks like a mashup of the Lamborghini Urus and BMW X4. That's not to say that it isn't a good-looking car, though. Rather, there are some familiar styling elements. There are two motor choices, a 160kW permanent magnet motor option in the EC6 Sports and a 160kW front motor paired with a 240kW rear motor in the EC6 Performance. NEO hasn't released information on the battery pack capacity or chemistry yet, but has stated that from Q4 2020, a 100kWh battery will be available in this and its other models. Meanwhile, NEO recorded strong revenue and profit numbers on Q3 2019, beating analysts' expectations and causing the stock to rally late in 2019. After a 66% surge to 440 US dollars a share, they've slid 6% today to 372 per share. Gross margins and total deliveries also grew in Q3, and expectations that the Chinese economy will get moving again, leading to greater EV sales, should benefit NEO in 2020. Now I really want the company to succeed, but it's important to note that uh, NEO is still burning through cash and currently can't cover its operating costs. The following is from NEO's Q3 earnings report and paints a difficult picture. Quote, the company operates with continuous loss and negative equity. The company's cash balance is not adequate to provide the required working capital and liquidity for continuous operation in the next 12 months. End quote. So NEO definitely needs more cash and quickly. Hopefully the improved share price, improving efficiencies and a revised ES8 
The new EC6 and improved battery packs can strengthen the company's financial position. As we go to air, word just in that NEO has raised $200 million US through NEO Capital, the investment arm of the company. German business publication Manager Magazine brings us a story that Volkswagen's new ID3 has, quote, massive software issues. According to the story, the first 15 to 20,000 ID3s destined for Europe will be built with incomplete software, whilst a fix is in the works. And the fix is cumbersome. Apparently, service technicians will need to manually upload new software to the cars over the next few months, prior to customer deliveries. While it sounds like Volkswagen hopes to get on top of the issue prior to the customer deliveries, it's not yet clear whether their planned market launch of the ID3 will be delayed by this or other issues. Many automakers, including Audi, Mercedes-Benz and BMW and Porsche, have faced delays in getting new EV products to market on time and on budget. Staying with the VW Group, Audi has announced €12 billion for e-mobility research between 2020 and 2024, representing around one-third of their R&D budget. Audi plans to have 30 electrified vehicles in its lineup by 2025, including 10 hybrids and 20 battery electric vehicles. Alongside the R&D funding, this money will obviously need to be spent on manufacturing plants, equipment and staffing. Meanwhile, BMW has announced around €400 million for its Dingolfing plant in Germany to prepare for its iNext SUV and its very slow rollout of battery electric vehicles. Little information is available on the vehicle at this stage, but it is expected to come to market in 2021. BMW has also released more information on its made-in-China iX3, the anticipated Tesla Model Y competitor. With a 74-kilowatt-hour battery pack, BMW claims its fifth-generation battery technology is very efficient, weighing less and taking up less space, with the pouch batteries arranged in an overlapping prismatic format. BMW also claims energy density is up 20% on previous electric drivetrains and that the battery chemistry uses less cobalt. On the WLTP test cycle, BMW states a 440km or 270-mile range, so for real-world driving expect around 10% less. Expect power of 210kW or 286 horsepower when the iX3 launches sometime this year. Electric truck startup Rivian raised an additional 1.3 billion US dollars over the Christmas period to top off the 1.5 billion raised throughout 2019. Rivian is seen by many as one of the few EV startups that will have a shot at challenging Tesla's dominance. And the company plans to introduce three trucks, starting around 70,000 US dollars from next year, alongside developing an electric delivery truck platform for Amazon and an electric pickup drivetrain for Ford. It's worth noting that over Tesla's 15 years, the company has received over $20 billion of funding to produce four models and develop their battery technology, and has weathered many quarters of losses, so Rivian certainly has a difficult task ahead if it wants to emulate Tesla's current success. Perhaps technological advances and current attitudes to EVs put Rivian in a much better position when compared to Tesla in its early stages as a company. Over to Europe and the Swedish Energy Agency and Swedish Environmental Research Institute have released modelling around the carbon footprint of battery production, demonstrating that NMC or nickel-manganese-cobalt batteries are less CO2-intensive than when measured in 2017. Now, the research shows that the manufacturing of EV batteries generates 61 to 106 kilos of CO2 per kilowatt hour of battery capacity, down from 150 to 200 kilos in 2017. There are a number of reasons for this. Firstly, more accurate data is now available when compared to two years ago, and the study states that upcoming changes to EU battery regulations should improve the manufacturing carbon footprint database, at least in Europe.
Secondly, EV battery production is getting more efficient, even on a monthly basis through the scaling up of technologies resulting in less CO2 per battery cell produced globally. Also of note, key battery manufacturing regions in China, the US and Europe are relying on grids that are rapidly decarbonising, with a mixture of wind, solar and hydro technology. You can find the link to the report in the show notes. Sticking with batteries and Fizz.org brings a story that researchers at the University of Illinois have developed a solid polymer electrolyte that can self-heal after damage and is recyclable. Though it's not common, lithium-ion batteries are known to be unstable and can develop electrical shorts that ignite liquid electrolytes in the cells, a result of hotspots from tiny, solid lithium branches developing in batteries after multiple cycles of charging and discharging. The publication in the Journal of American Chemical Society states that the researchers have uh, created a new network polymer which gets stiffer upon heating, minimising the branching problem and allowing the swapping of polymer strands through a cross-point structure, a key differentiator to linear strand polymers. These new network polymers will be better for the environment too. The batteries can actually easily be broken down in water rather than corrosive chemicals, and they can also be re-solidified into a network structure after receiving damage, unlike current batteries. It's not clear whether researchers have been approached by or are working with any automakers at present, but I expect 2020 to be an interesting year in battery tech, as battery polymer research advances and we hopefully see the fruits of Tesla's acquisition of Maxwell Technologies' dry electrode batteries. You can find the link to the journal article in the show notes. The state of South Australia continues to lead Australia in renewables investment, with Spanish energy giant Iberthola announcing a planned $500 million Australian dollars for a wind farm to be part of the Port Augusta Renewable Energy Plant, which was developed by DP Energy. Located approximately 300 kilometres northwest of the capital city Adelaide, DP Energy will assist in the construction of the plant, which will ultimately be owned and operated by Iberthola. The plant will consist of 210 megawatts of wind power designed to peak with grid demand from 6 to 7 p.m. daily, and an unspecified amount of PV solar will also be built on site for daytime use. Catherine Way, the head of DP Energy Australia, says energy from the project will be fed into the South Australian grid, but direct-to-business sales of green power are also possible, with many companies now looking for cheaper energy and also looking to decarbonise their operations. Ibithola's country manager for Australia, Fernando Santamaria, said the combination of these technologies is a trend we are seeing globally. The wind profile matches very well with the South Australian demand, and the solar provides the perfect complement, end quote. Construction will begin this year, and the plant is scheduled to be completed by the second half of 2021. Finally on EV Brief, we have a couple of winners of our Tesla Model 3 Abstract Ocean Accessories giveaway to announce. I asked the question, what feature would you next like to see on future versions of Tesla's Model 3? Twitter user at Alex Ferrara answered, better charge scheduling, especially around knowing about off-peak tariffs and when solar is exporting. Possible now, but very hacky. At EVHQ2 answered, the feature I would like to see is Chinese Teslas here in Australia, which could drop the price and allow more people into the cars. Both are great ideas and both are quite pertinent given the increase in Model 3 sales in Australia. With more people charging their cars at home, owners will soon be demanding greater adjustment and flexibility around how and when they charge. On Made in China Model 3s, it will be very interesting to see if down the track Australia begins to receive cars from China rather than North America. Production and logistics improvements and efficiencies could certainly lead to price reductions for Southeast Asian customers in the future. And that's it for episode 23 of EV Brief. Many of you will be aware of the unprecedented bushfire crisis in Australia currently, 
and as it stands, over 12 million acres of land have already burnt, with 1,500 homes destroyed and lives lost. Charities, rural fire services and wildlife rescue organisations are desperate for donations and support, and it's great to see the Australian Tesla owners have so far raised over $5,000 for the New South Wales Rural Fire Service. If you'd like to donate to this initiative, the Australian Red Cross or Wildlife Rescue Charities are linked to them in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe to always receive the latest episode from EV Brief. The podcast is available on all good networks, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts and more. Please leave a review to show your support if you enjoyed the show. My name is Jonathan. Thanks so much for listening to EV Brief and we'll see you next episode. Music